Jimmy Stranger, how are you, my friend? Good, how are you? I'm good, man. Good. Uh, I'm glad we finally made this happen because I feel like over the past uh, few months, your name has kind of blown up. Yeah. Especially here really in, in NEPA. So uh, mm -hmm. um, I want to talk to you about everything that's been happening for the past few months. And um, I feel like you got uh, a story to tell. I know that you were with Bill Corcoran. Uh, yeah. On the stacks, I, I tried not to listen to that because, not because I didn't want to, I wanted to, um, but I wanted to have the opportunity to uh, one day talk to you myself, and I didn't want to have like too much known about you. I wanted to kind of have this uh, organic conversation, so I, I refrained from watching that episode of his, um, but I did catch the uh, performance he had um, prior to the show and. I know we made a clip and put it on YouTube and got a ton of views on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, between between that, uh, the voice, your face, I feel like you've got you've got a story to tell. You've got uh some experiences, you've got some maybe some heartache or just obstacles yeah. that you've overcome <laughs> in your life, man. You know, I've got a little bit of it all. <laughs> so uh yeah, so we'll get to where Jimmy Stranger is now. Um, but I wanted to kind of get to know you uh a little bit on a deeper level. Um, and I can't imagine like Jimmy Stranger is your real name. No. <laughs> Which I love the name. I love the I'm sure there's uh a, a reason behind all of that, but tell me a little bit about um you, you know, where where you came from, um kind of kind of about your upbringing. And I want to get into, you know where you are today but i want to kind of get to how jimmy stranger became to be stranger yeah well i was born and raised in larksville i'm okay. larksville down the road here i'm in dallas right now that's where i live but i was born and raised there you know i grew the regular grown up good life you know my grandfather played music and that's where the music came in was because he taught me how to play the mandolin the fiddle the guitar stuff like that so you had somebody to play with and then that gets into my name. His name was Stranger Birch. So I just took my first name and my middle name, which was after him, and made Jimmy Stranger. So that's his where name, name was, comes from. His name was, was, was Stranger? His first legitimate name was Stranger. Wow. Yeah, and that came about because when he was being born, he was from West Virginia. And he was from a family of 11. And when he was, I guess, being born, my grandmother kept saying, a little stranger's coming, a little stranger's coming to his brothers and sisters and when he was born they named him stranger that's so amazing that's he didn't like the name personally but i do so i love that yeah that's uh a little stranger's coming i wonder if that that's was like scary to the, like the the siblings like oh man like what's coming <laughs> but and that's the, the name stuck they named him stranger i love that so, and then my name is James Vincent Stranger. So I just dropped Vincent and Jimmy Stranger is born. I like that. And that's where my name came from. But musically, I just, I was born into a family of musicians. You know, my uncle played the drums. My grandfather was big into uh, bluegrass and stuff. He played in the Black Back Mountain string band, and a lot of local vocal bands. And I can't even name the bands he was in because he was in so many, but that's where that comes from. And then just growing up, started bands of my own and we took off from there and here I am now. 
So you would know. you say that you learned um, how to play from your grandfather? Yeah, I learned how to play from my grandfather. That's cool. You know, like, that's where that all came from. Is that He would sit across from me, and I'd sit across from him, and he would just teach me how to play. And that's how I learned, you know, so. So no, no formal training, just no kind formal. of. That's crazy. Yeah. No saying I never took voice lessons. I've never, like, I was in chorus and stuff in school, but no formal training of anything just okay. lucky i guess you could say that when it comes to music it's what i'm what, what i it's what i do well i mean how old were you when you were exposed to that because i feel like that had a lot to do with I two mean, two so I yeah two that's like, like my daughter <laughs> my mother has... always tells the story that when i was two years old my grandfather handed me a gibson mandolin and everybody's mouth dropped because this mandolin was worth a lot of money i'm two years old and he's just handing it to me <laughs> And he goes, don't freak out. And then when I took it, I took it and I start going like this. And yeah. he goes, he's going to play music. Because I didn't take it or smash it on the ground or bang on it. Like I took it and actually was going like this at two years old. Yeah, it was meant to so, be. Yeah, and that's two years old. I was exposed to it. And that's where I am today. I don't even really remember it not being in my life. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess you know, when you're exposed at that young, I mean, my daughter actually today is what? Is it the 11th? Yeah, so yeah. she's 18 months old. No, is 18? No, 17 months old today. Um, close to two, kind of-ish, you know, year and a half, kind of close, whatever. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, if you expose, and I, but I can't imagine, like, giving her an instrument and her being like, okay, yeah, well, I know what to do with this. Like, right. you know, how important it is to kind of... Uh, you know, when it's around someone at that at that age, and it just kind of just kind of right. carries with them through life. So, and that was really I owe that to him. And I mean, he would keep like not make me practice and stuff, but he'd take me down. He had a music room we called it. it was like a room next to the garage, and he would just play. We would just practice, 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 and he would try to keep my grandmother out of there because if she came in, I would always like I'm gonna go Grammy. Because mm. I didn't want to practice no more. And he'd just say, you stay out while I'm teaching them music. So, <laughs> But it did me well. So, My grandfather used to call my grandmother a woman. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing, woman? <laughs> Never like mean, but like. Right. Just thinking about now. Was, and I just kind of like, he, he, the story kind of brought that back to my memory. Just like, get out of right. here, woman. <laughs> Leave us alone. Leave the men alone. <laughs> right. We're doing our thing. Yeah, so I mean, as far as music goes, you know, you you started at two years old essentially, and yeah, um, I mean, talk about music uh, from from then until now. Obviously, you know, it's been a part of your life, and you talked about different bands, and you talked about different experiences. But um, you know, I, I've seen videos of you out um, performing. I've never had the pleasure to to, uh, to see you perform yet. Um, I know I ran into you. At the uh, Steamtown Music Awards yeah. uh, this past uh, fall, but I've seen videos, and I mean, uh, it's it's so much uh, just um, emotion, I guess you could say, behind you know the way you sing, and right. um, you know, where does that come from? That comes, I that just comes from life experiences. Like when even when I play music, I try to feel every song. You know, like when I play it, I want it to be more than just a song. And I want everybody else to feel it. So if I feel it, I know maybe somebody else is going to feel it the way I feel it or interpret it their own way. You know, just, but if I could get 
into your soul, then I know that's I'm doing something right. You know, it's more than about music. So, but for me, how I got there was just the life of hell, you know, <laughs> like really? when I sing about certain songs, like I lived it, I got through it or I've been there and I've, I've seen that. And, and that's where a lot of that emotion comes from. Can you talk about some of those experiences? Cause I, I feel like it plays a huge factor into, into your music, um, oh, into who you are as a person. I mean, that song, I believe it's called 16 ounces. Is that, is that yes. the name of the song? That song you performed on Bill's show. Yeah. Uh, which is, again, it's available on YouTube. I would encourage anyone to go check that out. It's really well done. And um, I mean, I can only imagine what that song itself is about. And, you know, I always say to, to musicians, um, sometimes they don't always want to talk about what their songs are about because they want to kind of leave it open for interpretation and let the listener kind of apply it to, you know, their life, however they right. see fit. Um, but I feel like that song, like, I mean, just the lyric, lyrically itself, I mean, it definitely tells a story of of some yeah. some some stuff. Well, how that song came about, and I, and I tell the story of this song because, and people can still interpret it their own way. But my way and why I wrote it was because when I was nineteen years old, I just got a job at Tryon, and it was around Memorial Day weekend, and I was going to work that night. It's my first week of work, and I went to work that night, and I'm working. I'm picking uh, whatever the hell they had me picking. Uh, hooks at the time and my boss comes over and tells me that there's somebody outside the cops are outside they want to talk to me so i go and i'm like whatever you know i smoke by the dumpster somebody's stealing stuff in the dumpster i'll go and see what up what, what's up well, i get outside it's two cops in suits right then i knew immediately that this wasn't about a dumpster and they come over to me and they go is your name james burge and i'm like yes that's that's me my name is james burge and they said is carrie martin your girlfriend and carrie martin was my girlfriend at the time and the next thing out of her mouth was she was murdered. And I just stopped and I froze. And like, I didn't want to believe it. It didn't seem real. Like, what was going on right here? Like, are you serious? And all I can remember really about that is just going numb. Like, I, then it was just going through emotions. And that's where that song came in. And that's a whole, like, I just told you what happened to Carrie. Yeah. But two weeks later, how that song came about is I was sitting home. And I'm playing and just doodle on my guitar. And my buddy walked in the house and he was carrying a 16 ounce case of those Budweiser's. They just came out with the metal cans and they were the 16 ounce metal cans. And he goes, dude, we're going to, we're going to drink this away at night. And I said, 16 ounces, 24 bottles ain't enough for me. <laughs> and it just rolled from there. And I took the experience of what I was feeling and what I was going through. And that's where that song came from. You know, like it, it's 16 ounces, 24 bottles. It's just, I can't get over that memory. You know, like the memories hurt now. Like it's not happy memories. Even the happy memories hurt, you know. So, so that's yeah, where I that mean, song came. I can't, I mean, your girlfriend was murdered. Like, yes. It, it was right. that, it, it, that's like unbelievable. Right. Like that in itself. And I, to this day, nobody knows why. There's a million stories why these, because I lived in the same music room that my grandfather had because my dad owned the house. I went to work that night. My dad stayed up the main house. My girlfriend and me lived down back. She was up the house and she said goodnight to my grandmother, went down to go to bed. I called the house at like one o'clock on break to talk to her. Nobody answers. But my grandmother answered the phone. My grandma's like, yeah, I'll go check on her. My grandma goes down to the music room and opens the door. And the next thing I know, she hangs up the phone. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I call back. She tells me everything's all right. 
and that Carrie was sleeping. And the next thing I knew, I was talking to the cops at four in the morning. So my my grandmother, God rest her soul, kind of didn't let me know what was going on at that time when I was at work. So, and it was just a whirlwind. Like, to this day, nobody knows. It was, it's crazy. Like, I can't find the words to explain why it happened. Yeah, I mean, geez. I don't even know. I'm sorry that happened. Uh, like I, I'm, I'm kind of speechless as far as like what, what how you even, how you even react to that? And like your girlfriend was murdered. I mean, it's, it's one thing. Yeah, it's one thing if you know, you know, you find out from someone like a family member, like oh, so and so passed away. But like, right. this is a different level. Like this is like intent, uh, right. which is crazy. I mean, like, and no one knows why. It's just they were just mad that they came for drug money. They were just there to rob. You know, they were there to rob for whatever they could get. And she just happened to be there. Wrong place, wrong time. But it was her house. So to say wrong place, wrong time really isn't the same thing. Right. And to make matters crazier, it's two weeks after that, my dad laid on the kitchen floor and died of a massive heart attack. So not only did I lose my girlfriend at that time, I lost my father, who was my rock. You know, my dad going through all that was like my rock. He was the one I leaned on. Came home from work. It was my grandmother's birthday, June 14th. He said, we got to sign a card for your grandmother because he brought one home from work that he got. So I signed it. Later on, he asked her, he was eating ice cream and start coughing real heavy. He laid on the floor and he died. And just all in that one in 2019 was just crazy, crazy. Two weeks, not even a year. Just those two weeks were just insane. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, wow. So, girlfriend's, girlfriend's murdered, and then your your father, your own father, passes right. away. Two right. weeks. Wow! And I mean, like, how did how did you react to that? I I I dove into the, the darkest depression probably. Yet. You know, that's why I'm happy to be on your podcast right now at 30. How old am I? 38 years old. Because for years, I just looked for every which way to numb to get away from it. You know, I wasn't who I should have been, you know, I didn't handle it the right ways. You know, I tried just about anything to get through it, you know, and of luckily course, I, I mean, survived. Yeah. But I mean, what's the right way to handle all that? I mean, I, there, there is no wrong or right way, but you just, I don't know. It's like, it, I'm happy you're here too. Let's just, let, let's start there. Right. Um, But I, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, you know, going through that. I mean, I I had a run of like an eight month period where I lost, um, both my grandmothers, my best friend's dad, and then my own father. And my father passed on on June thirteenth. Um, so that's, you know, you shared not a shared date, but you said June fourteenth was your father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like I don't know. Unfortunately, I never, I never went down a, a dark road. I don't know why. I mean, because it's easy to, right? Very easy. You know, it's, it's all you want to do is not be. You want to, you want to remove yourself from reality. And the easiest way to do that is to, you know, um, alter it. Alter yeah. it, yeah. Alter that reality. You know, booze, drugs, whatever it might be. Right. So I mean, you know, you definitely can't be faulted for that. I mean. Was it a long period of time where, you know, you kind of, you know, went through this depression or 
you know, uh, was, self-medication. It was probably a good 13 years until I got right in the head, you know, to when I realized I had to wake up. You know, I was never, like how I always put it to everybody, it was I was never suicidal, but I didn't care if I lived or died. Like right. tomorrow, if it came, it came. If it didn't, well, you know, but then finally after all them years, like I decided to get mental health and all that kind of stuff. And slowly but surely, you know, I came out on top, I could say. So, but luckily I woke up in time, you know. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that lifestyle for too long is, I mean, we know how the, how that ends. Right. You know. Yeah, it doesn't end well. No, I mean, I can't imagine. It, it just... And that, and what's crazy is all this time when that was going on, I was still playing in bands and I was still playing music, but I wasn't who I could be because I was always hindered by alcohol or drugs that I wasn't, you know, as good as I could be, you know, I was just there and even that was good enough, but it wasn't who I am now, you know? So I like stayed around, but I, I never panned out to who I am panning out to be now. Yeah, you know, this should have happened a lot earlier. To be I fair, just, though, to be fair, I feel like when you know people who are creative, sometimes being in an alternate reality is could be a good thing. Right, not in oh, your right. case, obviously, but, but I mean, we we've got some great music out of the 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 seventies, sixties right. from uh, you know, but you get a I, lot of good music from heartache and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah but. And that comes back into what you asked earlier is like all the emotion I put into my music is just all the emotion I've been through in life, you know? And I just put that towards my music. Um, you know, we talked, we talked about uh, 16 ounces um, and where that song came from the, the song itself. What, I mean, what in, in the song itself, what is it about? I mean, what do you, what do you talk about? I mean, obviously the 16 ounces and 24 bottles, you know, ain't enough, but I mean, the song itself, are you, are you talking to yourself in that, in that song? Are you, are you singing to somebody in particular? Well, each verse is different. Like the first verse is you're talking, you're really just talking to your head. You're just trying to understand what you've been through going through your head. Like admitting like I hit rock bottom, just trying to admit to yourself what you've been through. And then it goes into the chorus. The second verse, you're talking to a friend. And it's more or less that he doesn't understand. He's saying, then you can drink this, you'll feel fine. Everything will be great. Da, 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 da. And that's not true in your mind either. So it goes back into the chorus. And the last verse is kind of very sad because he just, in my, in my mind, I couldn't take it anymore. So he drinks himself to the point where he's driving home one night and their song came on the radio, this last verse. And he looks in the rear view and he sees the red and blues and he decides that this tonight's it. You know, I'm not, I'm running, I'm going. And how I end the song is that he dies in the car accident. This is really how it ends. It's like, they're not going to get me. No, this, not this time. So it's kind of just a song about like that. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. The way I just sure. explained it, but you know, like how he just can't get through it. And towards the end, you find out that he didn't make it, you know, like he didn't get through it. Because at the time, I didn't see myself get through. Right. So that last person, he says, you know, they're not going to get me. No, not this time. That means, you know, he's had it. Yeah. And then the car gets, he gets to an accident. And there's a song. 
Yeah. Do you have, like, yeah. Do you have other original songs? I do. I have a other. Yeah. I have one called Blind, which is kind of a love of Southern rock, where like ballad, and then I have one called No Cigarettes that I wrote on like a whim because I had no cigarettes. So I sat at the time. This was years ago. I was living in Hilltop Apartments. I sat on the stoop and I wrote this song, No Cigarettes, so somebody would hear me, and I got a cigarette, and so it stuck. So I wrote that one, and then there's a bunch of other ones I have that I'm working on. So. But 16 ounces is really sticking out right now. So that one I'm kind of working. I'm trying to get in the studio in January and actually getting that out like on a regular, just not just me sitting somewhere playing it, like an actual right. recording of it. Yeah, because that's so, not, you don't have any music available right now that's streaming. No, not correct? At the moment. no. You got to get on that. Yeah, that's my next thing in January. I'm going to the studio where that's, we're jumping on the studio thing and we're going to go from there. Because right now, all I really do is have Facebook and, I beat the feet, you know what I mean? I play everywhere and anywhere it'll have me. So well, like I, Yeah, like I said, this this you know, the tail end of this year, well, the last half of this year, I guess you could say. I mean, Jimmy Stranger blew up. Um I don't know if that was, you know, you know, the the appearance on Bill's show. He does a great job with his with his uh podcast and um I don't know if it's just like the whole timing of everything. Um do you kind of feel that way? Like, you know, Jimmy Stranger's kind of made a name for himself around here this, this past year? I want to say I do. I want to, but, and also the same way I haven't made big enough name as I want to. You know, there's a lot that I want to accomplish still, even just locally. But I do think that I went from not being somebody to now I'm some, when people notice me, it's pretty nifty. Like some guy came up to me the other day and called me, he goes, are you John Strange? But I knew immediately who he was talking right. about because strange. So I was like, yeah. no, I'm Jimmy Stranger. So, and it, it's kind of neat when that happens, you know, like people pick me out in the crowd. So, but well, yeah, and that last half of this year, it just keeps getting better and better, you know? So I just want well, to keep getting better, you know? So, yeah, I remember seeing your name all over. Like said, Bill Show, uh, Scene Town Awards. Um, did you win an award that year? I, I, I did. I won Best Male Vocalist. Perfect. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. I won... The people's choice and i got the little trophies so beautiful um I, I remember i was driving past or past uh plains pub on my way home from work yeah. i saw your name on the little um they have like some kind of like thing on the outside like a yeah i'm like jimmy stranger like, i can't get this guy won't won't uh <laughs> stop it popping up here that was just their uh friday night yeah that's awesome yeah so but that's what I do. I just play everywhere and everywhere that'll have me from here. Like this week, I'm going from Creekside and Tongue Cannon to New Angola on Sunday. So between Tongue Cannon and New Angola, and Thursday, I'm at Lissy's, and Friday, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm always somewhere, you know. Now, have you always been this this active, or has this year been kind of your busiest yet? This is my busiest yet. Yeah. Like this. But probably the busiest I've been in my whole life because I've always been active. Even my band would play like one Friday, maybe every Friday out of the month. Not like I play now. Like this is strictly what I do. Did usually play like Wednesday to Sunday. Wow. That's a grind, I imagine. Mm -hmm. I love it. But you love it, right? Yeah. It's a grind I love. Yeah. So it's not really a grind because you love it. Um, where do you think you would be without music 
um, you know, had you experienced what you've experienced? Going through everything I've been, I probably did. Yeah. This is probably as honest as I could be with you because music gave me a way to, even when I was just alone and I'd sit around and I'd sing a song and I just, it wouldn't make any sense, but I was getting my feelings out mm -hmm. and I would just cry and just sing about whatever what I was feeling. And it wasn't a song. It was just me venting. And to look back on that, and if I wasn't able to do that, I don't know if I'd be here or not, you know, because if I can demons is hard and they don't tell you that, you know, like, like when you get that depressiveness and that unworthy feeling and, you know, music got me through a lot of dark times. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked, because I mean, music is such a special thing, such as, I mean, can you imagine if it never existed for anyone? Right. <laughs> like even you just know. to consume, like. Yeah, that's like music is what I mean. Everybody has a song they can relate to, or everybody, even the holidays, it's about the music, you know. Yeah. Like we're in the Christmas season, but you hear those Christmas songs and it makes you feel even more spiritual or whatever with the Christmas. So, you're right, man. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, my wife and my kids call me a Grinch. I don't know if you could see above me here. My wife likes to, yeah, decorate, the street. <laughs> she likes to decorate around the house. Uh, but yeah, the music definitely, you know, uh, gets you into the spirit. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, it, it's such a such a powerful thing and such a therapeutic thing, especially for, you know, uh, someone like you who performs it. And I mean, right. I remember when the pandemic hit when, and musicians couldn't perform out. I was like so worried about their mental health because like, yeah, you can perform at home or you can, you know, write and record at home, no big deal. But I think getting those songs uh out in front of people and in people's ears and kind of right. you know, testing the waters, so to speak, with uh, you know, an audience like right. is definitely part of all of the the whole thing. So um yeah, it's just 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 a cool thing, music. Um do you know where you're gonna record? Actually, not at the moment. Okay. <laughs> so I just know it's going to be in January. And that's, these are people that are going to help me out. So I have no idea, you know, where it's going to be or who's doing it yet. So also, they're just going to tell you to show up and you're going to show up and kill it. Basically. Nice. They hopefully, you know, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> do you have a, like, you know, three or four songs you're ready to do? Or are you just going to kind of focus on 16 ounces or? Well, I have a couple I could do. Mostly focused on 16 ounces and then see where it goes from there. Okay. If I have an opportunity to do more, I could do more. Because there's other songs that like I do that are covers, but I do them my own way. So I'll probably throw them on there. So we'll see what happens. Now, when you perform out, do you uh, – is it a lot of covers? All covers. All covers. All covers. Now, do you sneak your own in there and then, then kind of – Yeah, once – Check out people's response? Once in a while, yeah. You know, I'll sneak my own in there. Like, I just been starting to do that with that blind song I was talking about. Like, that, I start playing a little bit more, and people like it. See, I wrote it when I was 13. To me, it sounds like a 13-year-old kid wrote it. But <laughs> I get good feedback on it. So, and that's what I do. 16 ounces, that's another one. And cigarettes, my no cigarette song, I throw that out there. So, I'll do, I do throw my own out there. But I'm majority. Like, I play other people's music. Yeah. And... I don't even say that. I'm like saying I play other people's music because I play their music, but I play it my way. Okay. So I put my own spin on everything. You know, it's not exactly like it sounds on their record. Sure. So 
But if you want to make money, you got to play with people's music <laughs> till I become yeah. somebody. Unfortunately, that's the case, right? I mean, right. I know that like 15, 20 years ago, there was guys making a living, and I'm sure there are today too. Like, um, but making a good, good living being in cover bands, right? And no one wanted to do the whole original thing because there was no money. There's no money, and nobody goes to see an original. They never heard a song. They want to see. They want to hear the songs they know. You know? know, and that's how I was brought up. Like my uncle was in a cover band. My grandfather. Like they were basically a cover band. So you want to make money in music, you play covers. So that's where I fell into. So a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of guys do that. Guys and girls do that. But like, was it important for you to do your own or um, did that just kind of happen by accident? It just kind of happened, really. You know, like when I was younger, me, I had me and my one buddy would sit down and he was a really good lyricist. So he would write words and I would write chords and like put the melodies to it and stuff. So that's what I got into. So I just kind of fell into it. You know, like I always would find a song instead of writing my own songs. What I would do is I'd find a song I could relate to, learn it and play the hell out. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do instead of writing my own. I'd be like, oh, I could really relate to say this song and I would play this song. So but then I got into the writing stuff. And to this day, I'm not a really good lyricist. I'm, a, I'm good putting melodies to anything. Okay. So I'm more of little by little am I learning how to write my own music and stuff like that. I wonder if your your life experience has kind of played, I mean, I imagine it played a huge factor into, you know, your writing too. Like, right. almost forced you to kind of write your own stuff. Like, hmm. How do you get that out? I mean, how do you get those, you know, emotions out? I mean, you're right about right. it. That's kind of put me in. That's where a lot of my better songs came from was going through that. And and that's what's hard is because when I do write, I always want to write sad, sappy, emotional songs. I don't know how to write happy songs, you know, like. I don't know how people do it. I don't either. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I say this a lot on the show. Um, you know, I don't know how musicians write about being happy. I can't write anything, right? But I imagine if I had to write, I'd have to be in a bad place. I'd have to be like just down and out and just like, you know. Right. Going through it. Going through it. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think the guy who does it the best uh, is probably the guy from Blue October. Um, you know, He's sober now, but like his early career, I mean, he made a living off of like writing Hate about. It. Yeah. I mean, all of that stuff. And it's great music. And I, I wouldn't say he was better in that right those moments um it's just different because i love the stuff that they, they do today but i don't know how he does that i can't imagine writing about you know being happy like it sounds kind of like you know you're an asshole right like <laughs> hey i'm happy today like, yeah. <laughs> i just i'm not there yet but we'll hopefully You know, it's funny too, and I hope you don't take offense to this, but I feel, uh, you know, when your name blew up, it was kind of around the same time that Jelly Roll was kind yeah. of this this big thing, and you kind of have this like Jelly Roll persona, and you know, you got some tattoos on your face, and yeah. and I can't see the rest of your body, but I imagine you're probably tattooed elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. But yeah. So I mean, so it was funny. Like Jimmy Stranger's blowing up. And Jelly Roll is blown up, and they're kind of similar in their own way. And uh, it, it was right. 
I hope you don't take offense to that, but I, I absolutely not. Yeah. And I got it in the beginning. It was really awesome to be compared to Jelly Roll. And then I make a joke now that like he he's living my life <laughs> because he's <laughs> the one making millions, you know, yeah. I'm just this local guy, but we, we do run parallel except like we do look a lot similar and then we play a lot of this stuff. But I've always been country. Like I've always been country rock where he comes from rap, you know, and kind of yeah. just like converted to Nashville kind of just claimed them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I, I I accept that. I love Jelly Roll. I love what he's doing. You know, I love his music. I play his music. So yeah. Well, I'll never forget. So, uh, I was meeting with the uh, some of the reps from ninety eight point five KRZ. Well, it was it's Odyssey. They're they're a radio group. Odyssey owns um, KRZ, Froggy one hundred one, and some other stations. And they were doing their guitars and stars, and they were in my office and they're like, Hey, we want to get shirts done. Uh, I work for Axel Rad screen printing, uh, full-time in the day. They're in my office and, uh, like, yeah, we're, we're doing our guitars and stars with froggy one-on-one. want to get some shirts done. I said, who you, who you bring into town? And they're like, Oh, this person, this person in jelly roll. And I'm like, jelly roll. Like, who's this guy? They're like, Oh, he's got this song. It's called this. So, and I, I played it. I'm like, okay, this is not bad. And sure as shit, a week later, he's on Joe Rogan. And now I'm like, okay, well, now he's on my radar. I'm a huge Rogan fan. Right. Um, so now he's on my radar. Uh, and then, again, like, it just blew up, I feel like. Right. But, yeah, definitely uh, some similar. You're the, the NEPA's jelly roll. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say. Like but it also worked for me that when he dropped Save Me, I kind of just took it and ran with it myself because I could sing it pretty much just like like not just like him but as good as pretty close on yeah. those lines so that kind of helped me stand out too because i could sing jelly roll save me when everybody loved it so right. well, here's this guy from here yeah so but yeah, yeah those comparisons to jelly roll don't bother me at all i'm flattered by them you know like, yeah, i wouldn't imagine they would but you never know right right a lot of I, people are different yeah i always like i always like to especially for for local artists i always if, if i hear um, you know, it sounds like, you know, insert national act here. I'm always hesitant to say you know, who right. I think it sounds like, just because imagine if I'm like, oh, you sound like, um, uh, we'll say blue October, just because we're, we just talked about them. You sound like blue October and that band, you just said you sound like blue October. They hate that band. Right. You imagine that? Like, oh, you sound like, <laughs> like, like I hate that band. What? I don't want to sound like that band. It hasn't right. happened. It ha- well, I shouldn't say it hasn't happened yet. It happened one time. I think it was, uh, I can't think of the band's name now, but I said they sound like the Wonder Years. And Sean Flynn was not thrilled. Wasn't angry, but not thrilled. Right. It is what it is. Right. But, hey, it happens. They have to tell everyone about me. Yeah. I just... Well, the, the tattoos. Um, uh, Getting tattooed on, on one's face is not um, extremely common. I no. imagine the tattoos you have on your face are important, or yeah. some you know very important to you. Uh, is that accurate? Yes, very accurate. Like the believe. This is what this says, like right above my eye. Is that the is that, Okay. Yeah, that says believe. But that came later after all my tattoos to believe to always believe. That's what me and my mom say to each other. It's kind of like our thing, you know, just believe. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what tomorrow's going to bring. You never know what you can make it through or what you get. Just believe. So that makes sense to us. So that's why. And then I put it there so I can always see it. 
Yeah. When I look in the mirror, it's always there. And then the star over here, that just became, it was just something I wanted to be a musician and I wanted to prove that I could put a tattoo on my face and I'm going to make it, you know, that's <laughs> because who else is going to hire me now, you know? Yeah. But that's how that came about. So, and then the rest of them were just like, all my, were just ideas, late night ideas, or just feeling a certain type of way and needing some ink therapy, you know, like that kind of deal. And I made sure I got a tattoo freaking everywhere. Yeah. So, well, it's amazing that you have believe tattooed on on your your head. Um, when I first met my wife, uh, we weren't dating at the time. Um, I I knew who she was, and uh, I was with the Weekender, and so I knew a lot of uh, worked with a lot of tattoo shops and things like that. And um, she had asked me where she should get a tattoo at, and um, so I told her it was a, a local place in Wilkesbury. And um, she got like on her hip. She got the word "believe," and had little uh, like like I think there was wings on it. I should probably know that she's my wife, but um, yeah, it just said "believe." And the reason right. she got that, I think it was, I think she got it two thousand seven or two thousand eight, probably two thousand eight, because that's when we started like talking. Her mother had a a brain aneurysm in two thousand six, and she she made it through. Um, she's still alive to this day. And typically people who have right. brain aneurysms um, either don't make it through or they're very, very altered mentally. Um, and her mom made it through and she just felt like they, you know, she, that whole awesome. time she, you know, she's had to believe that. Right. You know, things would be okay. Yeah. That's so crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. It's it's so you know it's one of those things that's so important to, um, you know, no matter what it is, just to if it's if it gets you through it, if it gets if it's important to you, or you know, you find solace in, in it, or or whatever it might be, like how important if you just if you have that with you, whether it's a tattoo or just whatever, maybe it's a a necklace or whatever, like right. it's it's cool how things like that can help people along right. the way. They just, they help you. They help you spiritually, mentally, just a little thing. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever um, had anything like that. I mean, I do have, um, I have a, a thumbprint of uh, my dad's thumbprint, like a little pendant on a, a necklace that I've been wearing since he passed. Um. I wouldn't say it's subconsciously that I know he's with me all, all the time, but I don't, I don't ever, I don't think I've ever like, you know, really thought about it. Like, oh, I'm going to wear this. So he's always with me. Right. Um, it's weird to, to say that out loud now. Right. So I just kind of, I just wore, I've worn it ever since. It's you never, just wear it. well, it's never left me. Um, So saying that loud kind of seems weird. Cause I, I mean, I guess in a way, um, yeah, he's always with me, but I never really like made it a point to think that like wasn't that. the reason you were worried. Yeah. But life's strange, man. Right. Um it's, and it's amazing what humans can go through, right? Like what we can right. endure. Persevere. Persever yeah, persevere, like I mean, 
not everyone has a story like you, right? Like you know, girlfriend murder, two weeks later your father passes. Like right. how have you been able to positively like help others, whether it be through your music or maybe it's just being someone that people can talk to um, that you've noticed, like, have you been able to do that? Cause I feel like that's like something that I don't know you well. Right. And we just, right. this is the first time we've, we've spoken really, but I feel like, you know, you're, you're definitely someone that like would be a, a shoulder to, to cry on or just uh-huh. be there for anybody. Right. And I, do I know personally if I helped anybody? No, but I've listened to people, you know, and I talk and, if my advice or me in general helped them, I'm glad. And now that I'm out there, like in the spotlight, people are noticing me and stuff. Like, I hope I could be a uh, like a something somebody could look up to and say, you know what, he was through hell. He's still here and he's still doing this, you know. And something, you know, to give him just not to give up. Yeah. Because there's so many times in my life I could have gave up and I didn't, you know. And so, from here I am today, and things just are getting better and better. And who knows where they're going to go, but if I could be of something somebody could look up to, I'm glad. Do I know that? Like, nobody's ever told me that, but hopefully, you know, hopefully. I think maybe once, you know, the more you share your story, I mean, I think that'll definitely right, you know, happen. Not that that's your goal, right? But No, that was never my goal. Like, my story, I've never, I don't really ever talk about it. No? Like, the first time I think I've ever talked about it was on the problem when we were when I was talking to Bill, like that was the first time I've ever ever brought it out publicly. Yeah. You know, and now I just I'll talk about it, you know, but it was never something I wanted to base my life on. Like this is not why I do this, you know, and it, I'm not using it as like, oh look what I've been through. Right. It's just something I've been through. You know, yeah. to me that was something I lived through. And when what I do musically is because I love it. You know, and that's they're a big part of it. You know, my dad was, Gary was, they were a big part of what I did. And, you know, to tell them my story about that, yeah, it's good to get it out, you know, so people know. So, like you said, maybe if somebody hears that, they can relate to that. So, mm-hmm. so who's who in your life is is important now? I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're, you lost your dad. Gary was tragically taken. Um, grandfather obviously was important to you no longer uh around who who uh who makes you smile these days smile nowadays would be my girlfriend joy she's over there on the couch but she does she makes she does so much for me you know and like i met her in 2018 and she changed my life a lot too you know for the good and they do she got me disciplined when they it came that. to music you know she got me disciplined where she helps me get my shows, you know, she does the booking where I, it was always too much for me to keep in line. She keeps me for the kind of guy and she keeps me in line, you know what I mean? She puts up my shit, <laughs> you know, cause I'm not perfect. But that's hard. She does. She makes me smile every day. And sometimes she makes me crazy, but mostly that's smile. That's part of the jobs. Right. Part and my mother. You know? Good. I have to say my mom. I love it. My mom is my light. So my mom always makes me happy. Yeah. But between the both of them, it's definitely enjoying my mother. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, like, you know, where we would be without them. <laughs> right. Right. Both the girlfriends, wives, mothers. I mean, who would we be without them? Right. They Both of them kept me in line. They still do, you know. 
So yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. I remember I was, I was single for the longest time, never looking for a girlfriend, just having a good time, never having to, you know, answered anybody. So I look back now and if I didn't meet my wife at the, the time we did, not that I was going to get in trouble, but like, I don't know. It was just good timing. And uh, she definitely, I wouldn't say calmed me down because she was 21. I was 25. So she just, you know, started to hit the, the you know, going out and hanging out and partying right. and stuff like that. So, and I wasn't ready to, to calm down just yet, but she kept me in line and, and you know, in different ways, but. Right. Yeah, that's how joy was for me. She came in and she slowed my party ways down, you know, because <laughs> right? I was wild. And she held on for a long time. And God bless her soul, she did. So you she know, was, so. she came in when you were kind of still like. Yeah, she came in like toward, semi towards the end. Like we became friends in 2018 from going to the same bar. And then we got together in 2021. We were just friends for years. But she was always there. She was always worried about me. Always made sure like, you know, like. I wasn't doing too much because I would do too much of <laughs> anything, like too much alcohol. There's, yeah. there's, I was always too excess. So, but she saved me, you know, for how many times I don't know what she did. Yeah. Now she puts up with me and makes sure that Jimmy Stranger does what he's supposed to do. <laughs> well, it's funny. I don't know. I don't know if her and I maybe just know each other's names or whatever. Um, because I was talking, or I think she just said, "Oh, this is Joy." Yeah, it was from your your page. I'm like, I don't like. Do I know this person? Or I, I don't know if you're just you know just letting me know that you know she was speaking on your behalf. She does, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. It's weird. She does a lot for me for that. The speaking on my behalf, like and stuff like that, just because I'm I'm odd. I have anxiety, like, and to the point where I I don't call and order people. <laughs> it's weird like for me to sit here and talk to you this is a big deal for me you know like it seems it might not seem it but it's a big deal you well at least we're across a computer i mean I, I would imagine sitting down with bill was probably like real real weird right yeah i sweat it my whole time there too yeah <laughs> but it, I, it's just odd i'm everything a musician shouldn't be like i'm introvert i'm backward like when you see me playing on stage i'm not gonna come off that stage and be a chatty cat i'm gonna come off i'm gonna go sit over here i'm gonna drink my soda and smoke a cigarette. Like it's I'm everything a musician backwards. No, I'm trying. Are you though though? But are you though? Seriously, let's think about like I think maybe musicians, when they're on a stage, they become someone they're not, right? But oftentimes and a lot of musicians I think are like this, that when they're off stage, they don't want to they're not like very like you know, social or you right. know some are germaphobes and it's weird like to think about that, right? You're, you're sure, a germaphobe sure. when you're playing in front of you know thousands of people. Um I think there's a like I, I think musicians and creative people and people who have access to that side of their brain, I think it's more common than not to to have those tendencies. Yeah. In my opinion. I've heard, I've heard what do that I know? before too. What do I know? Hey, but I've heard that before. Like, if you're so creative, you're like, you're also odd. You're not duck. But hey, I'll take it, you know? Yeah. But so, what I would give to be able to uh, play an instrument. People always say it's never too late, but it's too late for me. <laughs> 41 years old. Dude, I got two. Late. I got two. No, see, you're, you're, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. I'm 41 years old. I've got two kids, married, full-time job. I do this as like, this is, this is. For me, this is what you do. Like, this is my music form. 
of right. what you do. Uh, I just don't have time. There's, 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 there's no time. There's. But that to me sounds like an excuse because you have uh, to make time. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, listen. If I'm gonna do anything, it's I need to get on a fucking treadmill or an exercise bike or me do too. something like that. Me too. It's not gonna be a guitar. <laughs> I'm you that no, right no. Now. When people tell you you look like Jelly Roll, that isn't always a good thing. <laughs> 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 I wasn't referring to it like that. I know, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, you're right. It is excuses, but I mean, there's only so many hours in a day. I talk about this a lot too. Like, I think about you know, I you work all day. I come home, dinner with the family. We do bedtime, read books to the kid, um, put the baby down to bed. And when I'm not doing this, like I genuinely enjoy sitting on the couch, either watching dumb shit on TV, decompressing from the day with my wife, or her and I talk about how our day was, what uh, obstacles we may have had to overcome at work, right. you know, the future of our children, things like that. I genuinely love that. Right. You know, could I be spending it doing other things? Yes, but I think that's also an important part of what keeps us uh the best answer i've ever heard yeah it's just it keeps us a, a good unit and i think that's right. super important um I, I love it i genuinely love that so no jimmy stranger i will not learn the guitar <laughs> sit down and talk to my wife that how dare not... how dare you try you tell me me right up. <laughs> how dare you jimmy stranger <laughs> That's a good oh man, yeah, no, I, I I said a lot. I, I, you know, again, maybe I can wake, I can wake up and work out and exercise, but the way my daughter is right now, she's she could be up at five, she could be up right. at seven, she could be up at seven thirty. Today she woke up at eight, and I I just can't I can't figure her out. I don't know what's right. going on, so it's hard to, you know, be a, a schedule. So, but enough about me and my. My children and my lack of sleep and lack of exercise. 2024, Jimmy Stranger. We're talking about studio time. We're talking about, you know, obviously we want to build off of the momentum that you've uh, created this year. Yes. What are we looking at from Jimmy Stranger in 2024 outside of the, the recording? Any Sorry. big plans? Big goals, aspirations. Take this as far as I could take it. Really. Yeah. I mean, I know. Let's, let's manifest it now. Let's 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 talk just, about it now and make it happen. I want to take Jimmy Stranger to one to next level. You know, I'm already pretty well known. I, I want to be better well known. You know, I want just to keep this going. You know, I'm not. I don't even know. Like I, you stop me. Where do I want to go in 2024? Sky's the limit. You know, I just want to take and work on what I already built, make it bigger, you know, hopefully going in the studio and putting out a CD makes that better and get more people out to shows, and different venues and, you know, different, hopefully be invited in the summer to different festivals to play at because, you know, I know a lot of musicians and they have them and maybe, hey, they'll call me up and stuff like that. Now the sky's the limit for 2024 right now. Yeah, I think having some music that people can consume on you know, streaming services, and if you choose to put it on CD, you know that's great too. 
Right. But if you can get that out there for people to like, oh, I heard just Jimmy Stranger guy. Let me check him out. I mean, that's going to be huge, I think, for you. That's the biggest thing right now is probably getting stuff out there, even on Spotify or wherever, Amazon Music, anywhere, just so some, they have something to listen to. It's more yeah. than just a name or more than just a video on Facebook. Because even videos, I always say, they don't do me justice. You got to hear me live. Yeah. Because it's totally different, you know, than hearing me in a video. So that studio and doing all that, probably the biggest thing for 2024, you know, getting everywhere. I think that'll help a and lot. I get songs out there go anywhere. Now, with that being said, too, like, are you going to, because you just said how important it is to hear you live. Um, maybe you've already thought about this. Maybe if you haven't, maybe it's something to consider. You know, having a polished version of 16 ounces, um, but then maybe also have it just very raw, a recording of it raw. Right. That's a good idea. Just a thought. I mean, because raw, it's so good raw because it's so me. It's so, you're hearing everything from me. It's not dubbed. It's nothing. There's nothing there. Nothing, no producing whatsoever. It's just how it's coming at me. Mm-hmm. So there'll always be that one raw version. So yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think... Yeah, you get that done, and I think that's going to be huge for you. So, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, that's that's really where twenty twenty four I wanted to go is just with getting keep, my music out there. Just keep know? pushing, and, yeah. Just yeah, uh, keep pushing and to take it as far as I could go. You know, to make to, to live my dreams. You know, maybe I could aspire to open up for Jelly Roll or maybe something like that. You know. You got to believe. Yeah, you got to believe. Well, that's awesome. I, I think we could probably end it on that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to Jimmy Stranger in 2024. Uh, it you. is December 11th, so we're we're about end of the year here. Um, the year. This will probably come out uh, end of this week. With that being said, uh, can uh, you have shows lined up the rest of this year that people like? So like post 1215 so this drops on 1215 do you have dates lined up for this year that you could uh share with the people dates i sure do sure you do you gotta you're a busy man because i think people need to see you people need to come out and check out what the bus is about (laughs) exactly but uh 1215 yeah, twelve fifteen. I'm actually at uh, Swizzle Sticks in Edwardsville doing their Christmas party. Okay. And then twelve sixteen, I'm at the American Legion in Kingston. Okay. From eight to twelve a.m. Twelve seventeen, I'm at Wheels Bar and Grill in Gola from two thirty to five thirty. Okay. They do like a Sunday fun day thing. Right. And then twelve twenty, I'm at American Legion in Larksville at seven. 1222 Slocum Street Sports Bar in Swartzville at 8. Good place. 1223, I met three guys in Dallas at 7. Also good place. 12, 1227, I met three guys in Edwardsville at 6. 1228, I met Litsy's in Avoca at 9.30. 1229, I met the FOP in Hanover at 7.30. And 12.30, I met Fiddler's Green in Larksville at 9. So... That's that, the place end of the year. Is, that place is still open? Fiddler's on the green? Yeah. 
Nice. Still open. I haven't heard of that place in years. I mean, when I got out of media, uh, I kind of lost touch with some of the venues that were that are around. But yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, all, all great places, especially Slocum Street. That's a great place. Yeah, they just added a terrace. They they never had it. They call it the terrace, but they have it in the back, and it's pretty yeah. wicked. You know, and they they have heat out there and stuff. I so was out they, there. Yeah. yeah, I was out there uh, before they did that. It was a nice little patio area, but yeah, yeah. they did a. I, I saw that on on Facebook. They did a really great job. And the three guys locations, all all those are are great spots too. So, very cool. But very cool. Want to check anything else out? Just check me out on Facebook on Jimmy Stranger Music, and that's where all my shows are. And there's videos there, and everything else. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Jimmy, it was a pleasure getting to talk to you outside yeah, of saying just hi at uh, the Steamtown Awards at the passing, yeah. You gotta get to. Have you put the V spot yet? Not yet. Nah. I did an open mic there once, and then we're gonna work it in. We're gonna talk to them. See what happens. I'm sure we can. I'm very good friends with the owner. I mean, we need we need a, a a night of Jimmy Stranger at the V spot. Be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. We definitely make that happen in 2024 too. Definitely. Got to do it. Got to do it. Big plans for 2024. Big plan to the top. We're gonna believe. We are gonna believe. Sweet man. Well, again, it was a pleasure. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, your story. I'm sure you know talking about those things isn't always easy you know it's one of the most terrible things and and uh experiences of your life right and uh, i'm sure it's not easy to talk about so thank you for sharing that with uh myself and you know those who listen to this show and um appreciate it thank you for having me john i really appreciate it yeah you got it it was was awesome thank you dude thank you all right